Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here with you, to be able to celebrate all that God continues to do in and through us, this community of faith called Cassidy, that we get to continue growing in relationship to God and one another so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can be the body of Christ, the church sent into the world to make a difference for Jesus. And you are welcome here. If you're new here, you're also welcome here. We're excited to have you, whether you're joining us online or in person for the very first time. It's just a great time to have you with us. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We hope that in us, you're going to find a group of folks who want to be more like Jesus and know that we're not perfect, but know that He is, and we want to embrace that and live closer to Him. So we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship with God, to grow in relationship with one another so that together, together, we can be the people who God knows that it's possible for us to be so that we can live fully for the the hope and glory of Jesus Christ. That's why we've been talking about this message series for the past few weeks called Big Feelings. We've been looking at our emotional health in the process of, of who we are because God wants us to be holy, holy. Uh, holy W-H, uh, holy H. He wants us to be altogether holy, our, our physical being, our spiritual being, and our emotional being all united in one so that we can be the people that God wants us to be. Uh, we've talked about what it is to be anxious and how, how we can uh, allow God into our anxiety. We've talked about sadness and, 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 and we've talked about insecurity and what all of those things can do to us and how we can live through those things and truly what's left What's left to talk about? Well, the big one, anger. Uh, What makes you angry? What is it that makes you angry? For me, uh, some of the easiest places for me to talk about are, are anger on the road. Because it's always infuriating, it seems like to me. I don't know what it is. I've moved since the last time I talked about being angry on the road. Um, and, and so I have a new, a new pet peeve on the highway. Why is it that when you're getting on Highway 65, which is right next to the church, but when you're getting on Highway 65 and you have that merge lane, uh, why is it the drivers that are in the right-hand lane refuse to move over so that you can actually get on the highway. I don't know what they're thinking. They're in their big old truck driving down the road thinking, well, I hope they make it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand it. It makes me so angry. I'm like, guys, what do you expect me to do? Do I have to slam on the gas so that I can get in front of you? Do I have to slam on the brakes so that I can get behind you? This is an acceleration lane. I'm supposed to reach 65 getting onto the highway so that then I can merge without a problem and you guys are inconveniencing me. You're keeping me from being able to do it. Or, or even crazier, Chestnut Expressway. What is wrong with people around the Chestnut Expressway exit? I don't understand it. My, my uh, Costco is over there. I like going to Costco. This isn't a sales pitch for Costco. I just enjoy it. Uh, my bonus daughter goes to soccer out off of Chestnut Expressway. And so we drive to the Chestnut Expressway a lot in my family. And while we're driving to the Chestnut Expressway, it seems like every time we get there, 
everybody over in the right-hand lane, which goes to the exit, has to go 10 miles beneath the speed limit. I don't understand what's going on. Is there some time warp that happens? And what's crazy is that they're not even exiting at that point. They just like driving slow. So they're going to be in the right-hand lane, which is truly where you should be if you're driving slow. But why is it always right there that everybody has to slow down so that only I can get off of the highway in this line of cars moving under the speed limit keeps going. Uh, Honestly, uh, any driver that inconveniences me while I'm in the car, uh, you know who you are. (laughs) Any driver that inconveniences me while I'm in the car, I get angry about. And it sounds like, truly, it kind of sounds like I need an anger management class. Uh, but, But it's not just me. It's not just me. And, and quite frankly, people are taking it too far. There is a video uh, that was going around on Facebook and uh, other locations that has a guy that got so angry with a family in their car that he pulls up alongside of them and points a gun at them to demonstrate just how upset he is with how they were driving. I, I don't know. Does he think that pointing a gun at them is suddenly going to make them drive better? I, what, what is going on? And all of us, all of us have been angry. 100% of us have been angry at one time or another. It's one of our core emotions. We share it with each and every other human on the planet, young and old. We all share in that emotion of anger. Uh, and, and there are so many reasons for us to get angry. Uh, truly, we can be angry for being treated unfairly and feeling powerless to do anything about it. Whether it's real or perceived, we get angry when we feel like we can't do anything about it. Uh, we feel angry when we're threatened or attacked. It's that fight or flight, right? Our blood gets pumping and we're like, what are we going to do? Are we going to engage? Are we going to back off? What's going to happen? I don't know, but I'm angry and my anger gets my blood going. Or other people not respecting you, uh, your authority or your feelings or your property, being interrupted when you're trying to achieve a goal or trying to tell a story. That happens to me a lot at my house. My wife tells me I talk too much. I I'm going to get in trouble for even mentioning that, but it's true. Or just stressful day-to-day things, like driving, like paying the bills. You know, normal stuff can just make us angry. There are so many things that make us angry. Uh, I've heard it said that getting angry means letting other people's mistakes punish you. The person that doesn't let you merge onto the highway, he's not bothered that you weren't able to merge onto the highway, or she's not bothered that you weren't able to merge onto the highway. You are bothered. And so getting angry means letting their mistakes punish you. And I, I, I think about that a lot, um, but I want to I start from from a place before that, when, when we recognize that we're angry, I, I, I just want to start by saying it's okay to not be okay with situations. It's even okay to get angry about situations. Um, I, I, I find it reassuring that in Scripture, we see people getting really angry. Psalm 69 says this, may the table 
set before them become a snare. May it become retribution and a trap. May their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Pour out your wrath on them. Let your fierce anger overtake them. May their place be deserted. Let there be no one to dwell in their tents. For they persecuted Though they persecute those you wound and talk about the pain of those you hurt. Charge them with crime upon crime. Do not let them share in your salvation. May they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. <laughs> God, get those bad people. Uh, they're awful people. Get them because I can't do anything about it and it makes me mad. It makes me angry. Uh, you can tell that the person who wrote that is having a pretty awful day. But my guess is, and I think it's telling, that all of us have felt that way at one time or another. Uh, we felt that way because of things that are going on. We felt that way because of things that we've heard about. We felt that way for so many reasons. And, and so it can make us wonder, you know, what do we do about it? Is, is it okay to just be irate at people? What about Jesus? Does he get angry? You know, the good news is he does. In John's gospel, we read this. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove them from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves. He said, get these out of here. Stop turning my house into a marketplace. Other, other versions say into a den of thieves. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Jesus gets mad. And if, if I'm honest, I love this story because if Jesus gets angry, then maybe, maybe I'm not so bad. <laughs> maybe there's some hope for me still. Until I really examine what's going on. Until I really look at what's happening in this story. And then I learn what Jesus was truly mad about. Jesus was mad about the scam that was being perpetrated on people by the temple itself. You see, there were a few things that were going on. First, there's the temple tax or the shekel uh, trans transfer. You had to do money changing because everybody walked around with Roman coins because Roman coins were the coins that bought and sold things. But that currency wasn't acceptable in the temple, so you had to do an exchange, and the exchange rate was exorbitant. It was high. And so you would pay more just so that you could exchange to give less to God. Or the animals that were there, it said there were sheep and cattle and doves, and Jesus is infuriated by this, and here's why, because the sheep and cattle were 
just regular sheep and cattle that, that were found to be without blemish. And so they were charging a higher rate for those animals. And if you brought your own animal, they would examine that animal. And if they found anything wrong with it, because that's what Scripture says, they would say, no, you can't use that. You have to use one of ours. And you couldn't say, okay, here's a lamb for a lamb. No, you had to pay more so that you could get it. And the worst part was that the doves, which were the, the doves were there so that if you didn't have enough money to offer a real sacrifice, it was a poor person's sacrifice. And so if you got a dove, you already were demonstrating that you just didn't have enough to pay for the, the majority of the things that you would offer for. And so the doves were being charged more for as well. They're already poor and they're just trying to do what God has called them to do, and they're being charged more. Basically, they're scamming people in the name of God. It's a racket, and Jesus sees this, and, and, and his anger swells to the surface, and he makes a whip out of three cords, and he drives them out of the temple courts, flipping over their tables, animals, people, everyone, get out! But when I look, when I look at Jesus' anger, it, it causes me a moment. When I understand the story, it causes me a moment because Jesus is angry and it's a little different than when I get angry. What makes Jesus angry and what makes us angry are very different. We get upset about what inconveniences us. When somebody cuts us off in traffic, when our order is wrong, when things are not quite right, we get upset by that. When somebody costs us some time and energy and effort, we get upset by inconveniences. When Jesus is inconvenienced, Jesus taught, helped, healed, and encouraged those who inconvenienced him. The, the scriptures are, the stories of Jesus' life are just filled with examples of people popping in at the most inopportune time. And Jesus using that as a way to interact with those people. He, he teaches them. He helps them. He heals them. He encourages them, even though they're inconveniencing him. He doesn't get mad at them. He's not like, no, no, it's too late. Why did you rip a hole in the roof and lower somebody down? Why did you stop me in the middle of, of a crowded market? Why do you need me to go heal your child? None of that is what we see in Jesus. Yet, robbing folks and calling it God, that infuriates Jesus. Taking advantage of people in the name of God, that makes Jesus mad. And that makes me pause that makes me think. It makes me become introspective because I struggle with that. I see the way Jesus reacts, and I wonder about the way that I react because I know that we are made for more than that. I know that Jesus calls us into a new life so that we can be more than that. And so the question truly is, what can we do 
What can we do to, to, to put a pause on the anger that inconveniences us and to embrace a righteous anger? I think to start, we have to take a look at what makes us angry. What makes you angry? Is it meaningless or meaningful? Meaningless because it costs you time, because it injures your pride, because it derails your status or causes an imposition on you or your family. I would say that's selfish discontent. You're unhappy because it's costing you a little bit of time. Or is it meaningful where others are being mistreated, others are being abused, others are being taken advantage of? This is a holy discontent. When we put it on a scale of meaningless versus meaningful, can we take the things that are meaningless and let them go? Can we take the things that are meaningless and let them go? How, how can we do that? It's simple, truly. Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. That helper is the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit that dwelled in Jesus is made available to each and every one of us when we call Jesus Master and Lord, when we do what Jesus says, when we live for the kingdom of God, and when we embrace that lifestyle, that mindset, the Holy Spirit is made available to us. Not just at a little bit at a time, but always ever-present with us. And in the presence of the Holy Spirit, we can start to live differently. The reality is that it's time for us to start to live differently. N not, not just at church, but always, in every moment of every day, to embrace this life that Jesus has given us, to live boldly for the kingdom, not to just be angry over trivial things, but instead to advance the kingdom of God with our lives. What if we took that seriously? What, what, if we, what if we really let that resonate with us? What if our emotional mindset was united with our physical being and our spiritual being so that we could unite together and be made differently? What if we stopped getting angry over things that are trivial? You know, the wrong order at the drive through traffic, uh, the coach of our child's sports team, when somebody runs into you accidentally. Let's stop getting angry over things that are just an inconvenience and truly start getting angry over things that matter. People that are mistreated, people that are abused, people that, that are, are judged because of the color of their skin. Let's get angry that there are children who go to bed hungry because there is no food at their house. Let's get angry that there are people in this world that do not have access to clean water. Let's get angry about real issues and put off the trivial things. And then, don't just sit and stew in our anger, but let that anger be channeled into action. 
How can we make a difference? That is not okay. I'm going to work to make a difference in that. Whatever it is, wherever it is, how can we make a change? How can we make a difference? And I get it, friends. This, this is not an easy transformation. And quite frankly, it, it looks like we should be selfless <laughs> because Jesus calls us to live like he did, to live selflessly. It seems like a simplified vision of life. Oh, seems like you're asking me to not get angry about things that already make me angry. Uh, but you said emotions are, are unbidden. Uh, emotions just occur, which is true. But the Holy Spirit can help us. The Holy Spirit works to transform us so that over time we can stop being angry at those little things. And, and, and while we can look at this and say, hey, it does look like a simplified vision of life, we serve Jesus, who while on the cross, while being crucified, prayed not for wrath, prayed not out of anger, but prayed for forgiveness because they didn't know what they were doing. That's who we serve. That's where we come from and who we are to be like and what we should allow to occur in us. And so let's let our love of God and neighbor as driven through the Holy Spirit guide us in our life so that we can let our anger at at things that inconvenience us go, and so that we can channel our holy, holy indignation, our holy desire for transformation. We can channel that anger into action where we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus Christ. Help us to live fully for your kingdom. Help us to love others in the way that you would have us live. Help us to not be worried about being inconvenienced, but instead to be appalled by the state of the world so that we might take action for the building of your kingdom right here and right now. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said, amen.